Hello, hello. Thank you for joining me today. This is the Spicy Pecan Podcast. Have you ever had a dream that that you um you had you 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 could you do you you want you you could do so you you do you could. Hello, hello, everybody. Thank you for joining me on another episode of the Spicy Pecan Podcast. We are going to have a lot of fun today. Cool, cool show. We are joined by comedian Latisse Mitchell. Latisse has been seen on shows like ABC The View, The Q Show on Fox. She's also opened up for people like Bob Saget, Alonzo Bowden, Alisa Deke. Ow. She's a regular at Helium and Punchline Philly. She's super, super talented, but even more importantly, she's cool as shit. Latisse is going to talk to me today about her start in comedy, how she is handling the lockdown, and how principles in comedy are relevant, you know, in our everyday lives. So, you know, you guys know that this show for me is all about learning things from people's journeys and encouraging other people to be bold, live out loud, and consider things that you may have never. Plus, I know there's a lot of people out there that are creative and super funny that just kind of need a little nudge. So maybe it's not you, but maybe somebody in your life. I don't feel like anything is a coincidence. So if you're listening to this today, you were brought here and thank you for joining. But anywho, hey guys, what have we been getting into? How is everyone? Are we keeping up with our new routines, our new good habits? Oh my gosh, the process of starting a new routine, I don't know how it is for you guys, but for me, it is hard as hell. I am so forgetful. One of the things that I actually just had to give up, uh, my memory is just so bad, I had to just start scheduling everything. And the funny thing is, it's, it's actually been helping out a lot. I have no idea how I'm gonna be by the time I'm time. But anyway, my two biggest routines that I've really, really wanted to get, you know, get going on was working out and meditating. I'm doing good with the working out part for the most part, you know, still waiting for that exercise high that you guys keep talking about, that people keep telling me is going to be happening, that never happens. I know what high is, okay? And you MFers lied. Some slightly good news is I am actually starting to see some abs come in. I think they're abs. I I think they're kind of like abs. They're like two fleshy marshmallows that just so happen to be in the shape of abs. I, I see the intention though, and I definitely appreciate it. So I'm staying in faith, staying in gratitude. Meditation though has not been going as good. Um, Why is it that every time I go to meditate, my phone becomes like the operator for Montgomery County? Everybody seems to want a piece of me between one and two in the afternoon. It's the devil. And then my cat, she ignores me all day, guys, all day. And then she sneaks in while my eyes are closed and I'm starting to get into the zone and in that happy place. And then she starts slapping me with her tail. Just when I'm focused and I'm right in that Zen spot, I'm in my OG Tahoe Kush unicorn garden slap. She's an effing hater. She's a hater. Seriously. I'm convinced she's the one that's telling people what time I'm meditating. But neither here nor there. So guys, what did I say in episode one? 
some of the craziness that's happening in the world is to level us up, meaning some relationships will get stronger, some relationships will be finite. And boy, oh boy, have y'all been dropping off y'all bull. Two reasons I know right now more people are becoming single. First reason, yo, the dating sites are lit right now. Lit. I'm, I'm doing research for the show. Research for the show. A lot of people are going to have to get it together. A lot of people's luck ran out in their last relationship. I saw a sea of filtered photos and dated profile pics. Might want to patch things up. I don't know. You might That ex might be looking a little better than you might have thought. But the second reason I know that more people are single right now is because of the memes that I'm seeing on people's profiles. And I actually wrote some down. These are real memes that I found on people's profiles. One of them actually I'm following. I ain't going to say no names. That's not, that's not the type of show we doing here. So the first one I wrote down, don't be sorry. I trusted you. My fault, not yours. <laughs> Definitely a Scorpio. The second one was, stop looking for happiness in the same place you lost it. Everybody is Dr. Love when their heart is broken. The third one I wrote down, may you have an easier time finding your next girlfriend than you did finding my clitoris. <laughs> Ooh, she might be switching teams. Uh, what else did I write down? The girl who laughs, talks a lot, and seems very happy is also the girl who may cry herself to sleep. Ooh. Y'all better watch out for y'all friends. I'm just saying. But listen, regardless of what's happening in your life, we have to be able to laugh about it, right? And laughter is such a good thing. Not just because it feels good, but because it's actually good for you. A study done by Dr. Lee Burke and Stanley Tan at Loma Linda University said um, laughter actually lowers your blood pressure. Did you know that? Reduces the risk of stroke and heart attack. That is amazing. It reduces stress hormone levels, which we all can use a little bit of that. Improves cardiac health. Get your heart pumping. You know, it's burning calories. They say you actually burn the same amount of calories per hour as walking slowly, obviously, but still a little more than some of us are doing. It boosts T cells, which are the immune system cells. Super cool. And it triggers the uh, endorphins in your body. So um, endorphins, I know, are the body's natural painkiller. So, hey, look at that. That's probably the reason why black don't crack, because we certainly can laugh through a struggle. That's for darn sure. So, like I said, no matter what's going on, we always have to find the funny to at least keep your sanity. I've always been so fascinated by comedy, not just, you know, in viewing stand up and hitting clubs and things like that, but the mentality, like the psychology of it. Comedians have conditioned their minds to find the joke in any situation, no matter how tragic, right? In their world, there are no mistakes and the show must always go on. Now seems like a perfect time for a sponsor break and believe it or not, we actually have one. Are you the breadwinner in your family? Or do you pay half the monthly bills? If something happens to you, what happens to your people? Will they be able to make rent without you? 
The number one reason people do not have life insurance is because they think it's more expensive than it actually is. It is not. You don't want to leave it up to your family to have to scramble for it. Right now, due to COVID-19, some insurance companies are not writing policies. Know your options at the very least. Email the show for more information to be connected to a licensed professional for a quick quote. Latisse, thank you so much for joining us today. I am so blessed to have you. Uh, we are joined by Latisse Mitchell, um, famous comedian. <laughs> oh, not, not that famous yet. Close. Famous to me. I see you everywhere. You're like all over my Instagram, always putting out great content. It's fantastic. Thank you. Appreciate so um, tell us a little bit about, you know, you, where you're from. Sure. I uh, grew up in South Jersey and uh, yeah, on the map, uh, live in Marlton right now and uh, graduated Camden Catholic High School. You know, parents divorced at the age of seven and my mom was a single parent. Uh, it was me and my brother. Uh, so he was two and I was seven. And then, um, yeah, so, <laughs> you know, life is crazy up in the suburbs and fell into comedy like so many years later and you're primarily working in philly yeah yeah okay. so i started in um northeast philly at the comedy cabaret and from there i just started going up to new york as well um networking up there doing shows in new york along with philly and uh, never looked back Awesome. So what has your quarantine experience <laughs> been like? Um, the usual, like I'm here with my two sons. So I have three kids all together, but my oldest is grown. She is 28 now. And so she's out of the house, but I have the two boys, 13 and five. And it's the normal nightmare that you would think. <laughs> five. Oh my goodness. 13 and five. <laughs> So my five-year-old is starting kindergarten in, in September. So we just did the preliminary registration for him. And my 13-year-old will be a freshman uh, in September. So I'm like, what the hell, man? I got a freshman in high school and someone just starting all over again. <laughs> Bless you. You are definitely in our prayers for sure. <laughs> Please. Yes. Keep me there. <laughs> so, you know, one of the things that I find so interesting about comedy is there's fear in absolutely everything, even yes. in a profession where you're coming off so confident, yeah. you know, you have to come off so with so, so much bravado. How do you, how do you overcome the nerves of performing? Well, the way I overcome the nerves, I mean, uh, everybody has their own process, right? So when I first started, actually, like I can remember first time I got on stage at the open mic at the comedy cabaret and I was scared for my life. But it was like as soon as people started laughing and I couldn't like get over the fact that people were laughing at jokes that I wrote, you know, stuff that I wrote uh, a month prior to that um, open mic. And uh, people came up to me like right away and was like, oh, you look so confident. And I'm like, I was scared shitless. But okay. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. Like for me, I've always been that uh, that funny, crazy friend all through school. 
Um, it started actually, I'm sure, in elementary school. I got voted girl class clown in sixth grade. Okay, me too. I think it was eighth grade. <laughs> so it was like it carried, you know. Um, then like junior high uh, was just always cracking jokes and stuff. But I never knew I could get on stage. So it was a whole new world um, getting on stage and doing stand up. So that first time, uh, yeah, it was like a blur, but people were laughing and, you know, I got the applause and I, I was hooked. So it was yeah. like, so I just kept going back. And uh, a month later, it, it's so crazy because within that month, I was asked to do my very first guest spot in the owner's bigger club in Doylestown, PA. And so my first live show, it was sold out. It was Valentine's night in uh, Doylestown at the Comedy Cabaret. I did five minutes and it was like a dream. So it was exactly a month from me stepping on stage. Uh, January 14th was my first open mic. And then by February, I was doing a live show. <laughs> wow. That, I mean, that's definitely a testament to taking a leap of faith. You know what I mean? Yeah. You give out that faith and then the opportunities just kind of come your way somehow. We don't know how it happens, but. I know. know. And early on, which I was very fortunate, I had some awesome mentors. And I remember um, one told me like work begets work. So as long as you stay busy, you stay working, someone's going to see you. And that's what would happen. I would literally sometimes get off stage at a mic or a show and people would want to book me for something else immediately. So it's like, wow, cool. So I just kept doing it. Like I started taking workshops and um, just studying as much as I could and getting on stage. And like I said, by the time I was in my second and third year, I was already hosting shows in New York, like Jamie Roberts, his uh, Sunday night live show at New York Comedy Club at the time, and also Seymour Swan show. He used to have this uh, midnight show where it was all black women comedians. And it oh, was wow. called um, Sisters of Comedy. And I was on that like pretty regularly. And then he actually asked me to host one night because he couldn't make it in the city. And I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, I would love to do it. I was the first female to ever do that for both of their shows. Wow. Yeah. So anyway. what, what originally called you to comedy? I have no idea. Like, like I said, like not being naturally funny it's still, it doesn't, it's not the same per se as doing stand-up, but... I was going to ask you that. I was going to ask you that. Right. But so it's funny because really it was almost like a dare. Um, the month, I mentioned the month before I had started writing, but what really happened was in December of 08, I went to see a comedy show at the Tropicana at the time, which was called the Comedy Stop in AC. And um, after the show, I met some other comedians and the one comedian that ended up being my mentor one of my mentors Coleman Green um we were just having regular conversations and he's like yo you're pretty funny and I'm like all right thanks he was like you should get on stage and I was like yeah right like how does that even happen he was like well you go to an open mic you know you sign up and they call you up and you do five minutes of material I was like but what material like what <laughs> yeah exactly that's that exactly <laughs> yeah so I was like I had no idea what that meant so he's like yeah you do five minutes you know do your set and I was like you're still saying words I don't understand <laughs> like, <laughs> like so I figured out that like all the crazy thoughts that I would normally have 
that will pop up and then disappear from my mind, I started writing those down. So that's kind of how it how it came about. But I remember part of my my very first set, and I literally was talking talking about how much I love the movie um, Breakfast Club mm-hmm. from you know, from back in the day, and how my mom one of my mom's rules was that. Uh, we could curse in the house as long as we were watching a movie and it was in the script. Now, how bizarre is that? But that was her rule. Like we could, we, if we weren't watching a movie, we couldn't, we couldn't curse any other Mom time. was your first uh, comedic mentor. <laughs> <laughs> she was your first acting coach. <laughs> to be honest. And so I just remember, you know, me and my younger brother just reciting these, these, you know, words from these movies. And with every curse word in it, you know, and part of that, I did that one part in the Breakfast Club where uh, John Bender, who was played by, um, what's that dude's name? Um, oh, God. Was he the scraggly one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The you speech about the dad? I can't, Judd Nelson. Okay, okay, Judd okay, Nelson's yeah. Character, when he was like, you know, you stupid, worthless, no good goddamn freeloading son of a bitch, retarded, big mouth, know-it-all, asshole, jerk. <laughs> and he's like, and you forgot ugly, lazy, and disrespectful. <laughs> Shut up, bitch. Go fix me a turkey pot pie. And you're like, why? <laughs> at, the age, <laughs> at the age of 12, like, you should be this stuff. Like, what's going on? And I still remember it to this day. Your mom was probably dying. <laughs> <laughs> right this girl doing like, you imagine like my brother and I were what like four and a half years apart so you can imagine like the two of us just going back and forth in the living room watching these movies it was crazy so what's what's the grind in the industry what's the how's the grind a little different for women is it still oh. like a huge gap or like do you feel that I feel like, well, within the last, I want to say two years, it's actually been closing only because of the whole Me Too uh, movement and time. Oh, wow. Okay. However, it's still very much a double standard with women and men in comedy. Um, I've seen it all the, like I've been doing it for 11 years and I've, I've seen it firsthand to where you can have a dude at a, at a mic or a show and they could be you know, trying out material. Oh, he's so artistic. Oh, he's finding his voice. But when women do that and we're fine, you know, trying out things, oh, she's not funny. Oh, she's just not funny. Like, how does that even translate to be the same? Like, it's crazy to me. So we have to like, like step up our game that much more just to be on the same plane. Yeah. And mediocre dudes because <laughs> there are mediocre dudes in comedy and it is amazing to me that we don't get the credit that we get so that's why you have now it's been a breakout of where you'll have all female shows or you'll have all black shows and yeah that that happens a lot where they'll call them urban shows but it's more about just poc like people of color have a perspective and a voice to to talk about that's not always heard. Like we're not all hood, you know, we're not right. all that. There's different versions, there's different shades, there's different shapes of everyone. So, you know, we try, what I like to do is I don't, um, I like to showcase what I know. You know, when I do stand up, it's about 
my perspective and how I feel about something or what I've seen or what my experiences are. I don't, um, I don't like to generalize. And unfortunately, the majority of people in this world tend to, to generalize a lot of us. So we actually met because I was going to take your class. You <laughs> hold workshops and I went to, it was Philly Improv. Yeah. And for whatever reason with work, I didn't end up being able to do it. Um, but I, you can definitely see where there are principles in comedy, in improv, that yes. we can, re I mean, we really should be utilizing every day. Um, can you just kind of briefly like go over certain, uh, you know, just like principles of comedy? Being able to be an instructor at FIT um, really, really opened my eyes. And I was completely flattered and honored when they asked me to join their team over there. So it's been, I guess, almost two years now to where I'm teaching adults and kids, which is really cool. Um, the kid aspect is really a whole nother world because, you know, they don't have the inhibitions that um, adults do because I think right. as we get older, right, as we get older, we start to censor ourselves and we tell ourselves, no, don't say that. Kids just, it fires out, which is really cool. Um, I think um, we need to get back to that as adults. I think what I'm learning here being, you know, quarantined and not necessarily getting on stage, but just being more in touch with my thoughts, um, I have to really, really start to be more true to myself. But, and that's one of the principles that I do teach um, in comedy, because what happens is the more truthful and the more real you are, that's how the funny translates over. Um, so I talk about that in class a lot because um, it's cool to exaggerate. We all have to exaggerate. But when you come from a place of truth and it's from your heart, the audience can feel that. And I'm all about the, the vibes. I'm all about the, the, uh, the frequency and, and the, the feeling that you get within a, in a room filled with people that you don't know. Um, it's really powerful when you can hold their... Um, their um their attention and you get your voice and your your message across so the other thing that i um talk about in classes are like who do you want to be like what's your what's your message that you have for any audience so and that really makes people dig even deeper like who do i want to be which then helps them find out how you know what truth can they bring to the surface so it's really important in comedy Wow, I need to take that class down like therapy. <laughs> I got some things I need to work out, Latisse. Right? I mean, think about the, the funniest comedians that we like. They're on stage telling their truths. I mean, look at Cat Williams. Look at Kevin Hart. Look at Wanda Sykes. You know, they're successful because they figured out how to harness that and translate it over to the audience. Because one, you know, somebody in that audience is going to be able to relate to them. and the, the more relatable it is, the, the, more, uh, the more laughs and the more fans you end up having because they're like, yeah, they're for real, you know? Yeah. And like, I mean, one of the things that we had talked about was, uh, I kind of mentioned, I feel like one out of every three people in the hood is hilarious. Like one out of three people in the hood because of exactly what you said, you know, you're coming from a real place. I think with things like comedy, people get afraid to even try. Yeah. You know, where you might have something inside of you. If you're already telling jokes, 
you know, I think a lot of people get confused about like their passions. It's always has to be tied to money or, you know, that type of thing, but you wouldn't get up there and go through the fear if it wasn't something that you love. And there's so, you know, you're already saying like, there's so many rewards in it and just being able to. Yeah. You have to have that passion too. You can't just get in it for the money because when you first start, there is no money in college. Right. And you, um, that's something you have to push way to the back of your mind and just really like, why do you want to get on stage and, and do it? The money will come later. It does. It does. The, the better you get, the more you perform. Like I said, I learned work begets work very early. So I was very fortunate for that. And that turned into money. But you can't go in expecting money and you definitely can't go in expecting to be the funniest person. Like you can be funny around your family at a family reunion or at the barbecue or whatever at the cookout. But that doesn't mean that you can then get on stage and then automatically become a comedian. There's a different there's a different formula for that. And even though some people are naturally funny, there's still a structure to stand up. There's still a a way that you have to perform it so that then it does come off like you're being more natural than not because I've had people describe my style as conversational, which is essentially what you want to have it, it and that's what it breaks down to. It's like you are having a conversation with the audience so that they feel like they're a part of the show just as much as you are performing. You know gotcha. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's like a it's like a song and a dance. You you literally like I I um yeah, I treat it as as that because it's like there's no there's no other feeling like it in the world. And it's so amazing to when there have been times where I will stop in mid sentence during a show and it's quiet. Like you can hear a pin drop. They're waiting. And I love that feeling. Like that gives me goosebumps because it's like I got them. I got them in the palm of my hands right now. I can say whatever it is I need to say or whatever I want to say, and they're going to rock with me. And that's the best feeling as a comedian when you know you have the audience. But you look up and you hear people talking or they're on their phones, then you ain't got them. Yeah. So the future of, or not really the future, but our current existence (laughs) in comedy Comedy is so much about timing. So without having an audience, you know, we have Zoom as technologies. Have you been having conversations with your groups of friends? I know comedians, y'all usually chill in packs. Have you um, had any conversations with people in what what we're doing right now? Like, you know, what you guys are doing? Yeah. um, Yeah, it's definitely a change. I actually, I, I like it. The whole Zoom um, concept or virtual comedy, um, people are really stepping up. And I just actually said this today, like I'm literally using my my book, my usual book um, for virtual comedy shows and interviews such as this, mm-hmm. like to fill my pages now. And it's so crazy because I would have never thought that. Now um, with you know, people just needing that outlet. I've, I've hosted open mics. I've, I'm, I'm on several shows coming up. I've already done a few. On like, Zoom? I'm super excited. 
I have one tonight actually at 10 o'clock. Um, nice. So that'll be on Zoom. Yeah. So I'm excited. And tomorrow, um, Friday, I'm on a show. Like, yeah, I have a lot going on. And Saturday, it's so crazy. But now it's like I get to just go upstairs <laughs> and get on my laptop. And that's the show. Um, so we're still performing. And I think um, once we figure out, I mean, people are actually hiring comedians now. At, for the virtual stuff so mm. it's kind of working out you know we have venmo and paypal and cash app all set up so literally people can be like listen send me your info i want to cash app you or whatever still want you to do the show like it's a real thing so everything's adapting and um that's what you have to do in situations like this i mean we've never been in a pandemic i've never been in a pandemic before so this is new for a lot of people um, but to keep entertainment alive, this is what we're doing. Yeah. And you know, you guys are creative, so yeah. you will find a way. <laughs> yes. Always, always. I got to give a um, shout out. Speaking of creatives, um, Keith from up the block, because yes. we talked about this. He is probably one of the best people that I know for, um, doing parodies and shout like, out to Keith hilarious yeah. parodies yep um and he's so quick with it and he does everything on his own but that um that video and song that he made can't touch that is definitely one of the funniest things that yeah. I was like happy to just have a quick cameo in yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah I actually I used it on um a previous show Did you? um yeah it it's hilarious I mean people were definitely hitting me up um okay. you know who is that who is that he 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 has a lot of content yes. on both his YouTube and his page he does and it's and just that stuff quick that wit he still hasn't even put out yet like he with the quarantine yeah, or just in general, like he's just always been like that. You know, he originally started as um, a host on Urban Expressions. That's what he did years ago. But he's a funny comedian. He's an amazing musician. Like he does it all. So definitely got to give him a shout out. <laughs> definitely, for sure. <laughs> Latisse, thank you so, so much for doing the show. I truly appreciate it. Um, let everybody know where they can find you, what you have going on. We want to stay in touch with you. All right. Awesome. Well, um, online or social media, I'm under Latisse Comedy. So that's L-A-T-I-C-E Comedy on everything. I also have another page called Latisse Jokes. And of course, my email um, address is on social media as well. So um, the other thing is with my teaching, if anybody's interested in a one-on-one -on -one you know, comedy session, I'm willing to do that for a fee, um, but, you know, nothing astronomical. <laughs> so if anybody's interested in that, they could definitely hit me up and uh, we can talk on time. And But I, I'm figuring a half an hour or an hour session is cool and I'm willing to do that. Yep. I'm definitely going to be hitting you up about Thank that. You. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> you know what? I am going to add one more question. Yeah. Can you give us three recommendations from you of okay. what can entertain us while we're in the house? Like a movie, shows, what are you watching? Heck yeah. I watch too much stuff, but I'll narrow it down to three for you. Uh, so on Netflix, there's a show called Big Mouth, who was created by Nick Kroll. It is hilarious, okay? It's a cartoon, so don't be thrown off. It is funny 
as shit. Um, of course, the other thing on Netflix, um, Black AF, hilarious. That's Kenya Barris and um, my girl uh, Rashida uh, Jones. Rashida Jones, yes. And then um, let me see, number three, jeez, um, a movie. I like to watch old stuff too. Um, and what I found was I've been binging like some stuff on MeTV. I don't know if anybody's familiar with that network. It's fairly new, but they have all the old stuff. So I'm talking like Perry Mason, Matlock. They'll put on, um, uh, you know, a in Gilligan the heat of Island. the night. Yeah. Yes. The heat of the night. Yes. I used to watch that with my grandma. Yes. And also the Flintstones. Okay. (laughs) Can't go wrong with the the Flintstones or Jetsons. Exactly. Right. So that, that's it. But Netflix is definitely the way to go. Find anything. Latisse, you are amazing. Thank you so much again. And we will be checking in on you again. We we want to keep our eyes on you. Thank (laughs) you. After this quarantine is lifted, we can talk. Awesome. Awesome show. Thanks guys for listening. If you are watching this on YouTube right now, comment, subscribe. If you're listening to me on iTunes, give me five stars, yo. And don't forget to follow Latisse Mitchell at latissecomedy.com and Latisse Comedy on IG and Twitter. Be blessed. Thank you for listening to Spicy Pecan Podcast. This is a wonderful me media production.